Welcome to the Seminole Wars. In this podcast, we explore how the Seminole Wars came to be, how they were fought, and how they still resonate some two centuries later. I am your host, Patrick Swan, and our show is a production of the Seminole Wars Foundation, found online at www.seminolewars.us. We are recording today from the homestead of the Foundation in Bushnell, Florida. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome. We devote the next two episodes of the Seminole Wars podcast to honoring veterans who fell in battle and veterans for whom we memorialize. In Bushnell, a national cemetery provides an honored abode to deceased American veterans. It is located in the heart of where were waged the first battles of the Second Seminole War. Ironically, Florida National Cemetery at Bushnell, or FNC, contains no Seminole War veterans. Only one marker, a headstone, honors Seminole War service. That marker belongs to Creek Indian and Alabama native David Moniak, first Native American graduate of the U.S. Military Academy at West Point, New York. His remains are not interned at FNC, but his memory is. Overall, Florida National Cemetery contains no monuments to any of the wars Americans have fought in, but that is about to change. Doug Gardner joins us to introduce listeners to the Freedom Memorial Plaza Initiative. Its centerpiece is 68 etched panels depicting the various wars Americans have fought in since our nation's founding. Several of those panels are available to recognize events from the Seminole Wars of Florida. Doug Gardner is a Vietnam veteran. Welcome home, buddy. He heads FNC's Monument Committee and serves on the Joint Veteran Support Committee. Doug is Executive Vice President of Flags of Fallen Vets Incorporated. For Florida. This week, Doug describes the Monument Initiative. Next week, on Memorial Day, Doug chats about the cemetery itself. Without further delay, Doug Gardner, welcome to the Seminole Wars. Thank you very much. Looking forward to it. Tell us about this exciting project at the Florida National Cemetery in Bushnell that has Seminole War ties to it. Exciting initiative. Well, it's a very large marathon project to create a Freedom Memorial Plaza. When finished, we hope it'll include something like 14 monuments. What is significant about Florida National Cemetery? Florida National Cemetery is the second most active national cemetery in the United States. But it's uh, but despite that fact, it, it has no national monument. And so we're going to make that happen with that Freedom Memorial Plaza. How far are you along on the Freedom Memorial Plaza? We initiated design work on three of the monuments, the centerpiece being one that represents a military honors funeral, which will include two bronze soldiers holding a flag over a bronze coffin, surrounded by pillars depicting other facets of a military honors funeral. It'll be quite fantastic when it's finished, but that is in third place in order now of ones that we expect to get finished. Being buried in a national cemetery is an honor, but the Freedom Memorial Plaza will add to that honor. How so? It's another way of honoring our veterans. Of course, the cemetery does the ultimate honoring of the veterans, but this is just another way to treat the veterans with respect that they deserve. Where did this idea for a Freedom Memorial Plaza, consisting of these panels, where did this come from? It was born from the executive director of the cemetery, Roderick Thomas, goes by Tony Thomas, who is a very inspirational Marine that has led the cemetery. And he'd had the privilege earlier working in Riverside, California, 
uh, National Cemetery, which has some national monuments. And he was mentioning those to us. And we immediately got inspired. Why not Florida? You know, we're second most active and other cemeteries have monuments and we don't. Didn't seem fair. Some national cemeteries have monuments and some don't. What's the story behind that? It's something that take people to have initiative to do. And the why not uh, is very simple, and it's one of the neatest things about national cemeteries. And that's, they're there to be free for all veterans. And there's actually a law that prohibits anybody that's working at that cemetery or anyone else, for that matter, on cemetery ground to solicit funds. It requires someone from outside the cemetery to initiate that effort, and just no one had initiated that effort. Now, we've initiated it, and I hope it would be viewed as a very big light with these three monuments. What's the schedule on introduction of these to the cemetery? The first is Gold Star Family's monument. And of course, the Gold Star Family is someone that who has lost their loved one in military action. And the design for the Gold Star Family monument came out of the Woody Williams Foundation. Who is Woody Williams, and what is his foundation? Woody Williams is the last surviving Medal of Honor winner uh, from Iwo Jima. And he never considered himself as the hero. He considered the families of those that lost someone in a war or in a battle as the true heroes because they made a sacrifice that is indescribable. And so he's dedicated his life to building these Gold Star family monuments. And so now we're going to get one at Florida National. The front of it is words and a gold star that shows the honor towards those families. And the back is going to be etched photographs of homeland, which is our Florida. And I'll get back to that in a second. Patriotism. That'll be an etched photograph of the raising of the flag at Iwo Jima sacrifice and that panel will be one of the gravestones at florida national cemetery with flags in front of each with a bald eagle flying over the gravestones the last is family and family what will be depicted on that panel is the presentation of the folded american flag to the next of kin and and i think it's going to be spectacular and we hope to dedicate that late this summer or early fall Gold Star Families, first monument. What's the second monument? The second monument is going to be Defenders of Freedom Wall. We're going to take advantage of an existing wall that's already there on the back of a columbarium. It's made out of tan brick right now. Well, we're going to cover that brick with black etched panels. And on that, we're going to depict all of our wars from the Revolutionary Wars onto as current as we can get. We'll, on those black panels, etch scenes from those wars will describe that action. And then I think one of the neat things about concept that we're trying to get when we build this wall is visitors will be able to scan a QR code or the panel itself and be taken to more history of that particular panel and, and war. 68 panels. This could be a fairly lengthy wall that you have. This wall is extensive in length. It's over 150 yards long. It'll include 68 panels, and there's actually 14 columns that separate sections of the 68 panels. And uh, on each of those columns, we'll say a little bit about the war, the number of people that served, the number of wounded, the number 
of casualties, and uh, and it'll be not just a remembrance of the history. It'll be an educational piece for all visitors that come. And so the Seminole Wars, that's going to be just about right after the Revolutionary War. There may be a war of 1812 that get in there, but Seminole Wars, with its proximity, Central Florida, that's where the Seminole Wars were conducted. And so many neat things happened in history locally. For example, one of the gravestones at the cemetery, it's a memorial marker for David Moniak, who was the first Native American graduate at West Point. And he fought in the Second Seminole War against the Seminoles and lost his life at the Wahoo Swamp, which is also very near Florida National Cemetery. And of course, I skipped over the biggest event, local event during that war, and that's the Dade Battlefield. It has, again, by proximity, has all kinds of links to the Florida National Cemetery area. How was this barcode used so people could find out more information? Today's technology, you'll be able to go up with your cell phone, scan a barcode on David Moniak. You won't even have to scan the barcode. You'll be able to just scan the headstone, and it will translate to a QR code, which will then take you to a website with that gives history about uh, David Moniak and and then there's others that will have that same feature. We're going to try to tie that concept back into the Defenders of Freedom Wall. The QR code is nothing more than a link via the Internet or LTE service or uh, whatever service you have on your phone. And it will take you to that link via the Internet. And you'll be able to read the story or watch videos or whatever else we're able to put on that website. That's technology behind the scenes. I didn't know that. I'd never heard of it either. But there's an app that we can download on our phones now, and, and then it'll recognize that headstone and translate it either to a link or to a QR code, which will then go to the link, take you to the link on the Internet. Let's say you don't have a smartphone with you that can do the scanning of the headstone. How can one find out more information about the individual who's marked on a given headstone? There's a very nice public information center as soon as you come into the cemetery. And you can go in there and they have pamphlets that they will show you. And then from it, there's instructions which will tell you how to download an app, uh, use the headstones as QR codes. So you have a marker for David Moniak, but it's not clear that he's actually buried in the cemetery. David Moniak, many believe his remains are buried with Dade's column and uh, others that were killed in the area back in the 1800s and then were transported at some point to St. Augustine under a large monument. There was people that really got into the David Moniak history and the story and, and everything pushing for him to be memorialized at Florida National Cemetery. You can't be buried in a cemetery elsewhere and have a gravestone in a national cemetery. You can't have a gravestone in Florida National Cemetery. What exceptions are there to this policy? Now, if your ashes were scattered someplace, or if you were lost at sea, or the remains were never found or whatever, then you can have memorial stones. If we think his remains are actually with Dade's men, why do we need a marker in the Florida National Cemetery to recognize David Moniak? Gets his own special marker, gets his own recognition, and, and it's along with many others that are in that section. We call it a memorial section, and there's some standouts in there, worth noting at least. There's several Civil War memorial stones in there, Civil War veterans, both sides. Actually, that's when National Cemetery started within the Civil War. There's many National Cemeteries in the Southeast where they, after a battle, 
where there were many casualties, they would start a national cemetery right there. Although most of the cemeteries in the Civil War, as I recall, would be Confederate cemeteries and U.S. cemeteries. But there's many with were done in sections, both both sides. What is the cemetery's plans for this Memorial Day, 2021? Day before Memorial Day, this year we'll put up probably 120,000 flags on headstones. We'll do that with something like 2,600 volunteers in about an hour. But that's doing it in a reverent manner, where we go to each gravestone, you read the veteran's name. It's our way of saying that his name's never forgotten. Never forgetting the name of someone who's given the last full measure of devotion to their country is very important. One American who has a marker but no name is Benedict Arnold, who gave up his good name when he betrayed the United States. But he still gets a marker in the old chapel at West Point where it lists on the wall all the generals who served in the Revolutionary War. He's the only one, however, whom they don't list the name. By the way, they also don't list his death date because his infamy, they say, will never die. One gives honor, however, at the Florida National Cemetery on Memorial Day to those who are buried there who did not betray their country. You uh, thank them for their service and place the flag 12 inches from the center on every gravestone that's there, including Confederate headstone, which you can see because it's got a point at the top as you walk around the memorial sections. It's the only gravestone in cemetery with a point at the top. And the story goes that Confederacy, all their headstones had the point at the top so that the uh, Union soldiers wouldn't sit on top of them. I don't know how true it is, but I'm sticking to it. So This Florida National Cemetery is smack in the middle of where the Second Seminole War was held. Besides a marker recognizing David Moniak, what other Seminole War veterans are buried in the cemetery? I don't think there's any other Seminole War veterans in the cemetery. Just David Monia. I mean, there's there's all kinds of, if I remember right, in the Wahoo Swamp, I think that was the first Marine officer that was killed in the Seminole Wars. But he's not buried there. And so, I mean, I got to ask, well, okay, where is he buried? And if it's something like the, uh, the group monument at St. Augustine, well, I don't know why we don't have him in the cemetery as well as others. How long has this cemetery been designated a Florida National Cemetery? cemetery was approved in 1983. The first burial was in 1988. And that cemetery served something like 1.9 million veterans in Florida. The number of veterans in the state of Florida is pretty phenomenal and large and growing. And I don't think that St. Augustine ever been able to handle that many. There's plenty of room just the last four or five years, there's been four or five other additional cemeteries started in Florida. Sarasota has a beautiful cemetery now. And in fact, they have, as a result of a $14.1 million contribution from the Patterson Foundation, they have an unbelievable pavilion with a glass ceiling, column monuments around it, and it's spectacular. But again, here, it's a relatively small cemetery. Florida National, 180,000 have been in heard there, and uh, Sarasota is something like 30,000. And yet, Florida National has no monument. What is the cemetery's plan on rolling out these many panels? Here's our plan on how to determine that. Each panel is roughly six feet. So there's 68 panels on this wall, and we still have to raise funds to complete that project. In paying for these markers, you've got a little bit of, he who pays the piper calls the tune. 
the marketing way that we're going to do it is we're going to charge $3,500 to do a panel. And if you contribute to $3,500, then you get to choose the pictures that we'll submit to the VA for approval to be etched on that panel. I've got my own ideas on what some of the panels should be. One of them ought to be David Moniak going into the Wahoo Swamp. Another one ought to be maybe a map of the area from tribal nations showing all the tribes uh, of Florida at one point in time. But what you're saying, though, is the 68 panels are not all spoken for, and you are welcoming ideas on what to put on those panels. We're looking for people with those ideas that want those ideas to come to fruition, and I think we will. I'll relate one story on how we got into this marketing concept. I do some volunteer work at the cemetery, my wife and I, one day a week. But at any rate, we were scheduled to be out there, and we received a call from the Dodgers of the American Revolution, and they wanted to donate a small monument for our memorial walk that's already there that had a Braille U.S. flag on it, some kind of mission that they picked up and turned on to. And so they wanted to know where, if they donated that, where it would be. And I said, okay, I'm working at a cemetery. Why don't you come out? We'll walk around. We'll talk about what's going on out there, and we'll tell you what we're doing. And so we end up at the beginning of the Defenders of Freedom Wall, and I start describing it the way we describe it to everybody, beginning with the Revolutionary War. That's just how we always described it. It wasn't other than it was easy to have a start place. And as soon as I said that, the two women from the DAR, their eyes lit up, and you could tell they were really getting excited about this wall. So I got into the panels and I showed some pictures of what might be etched, and I happened to pull up one of this woman flobbing a cannon. And one of the ladies said, that's Molly Pitcher. Now, the two women, they said, well, how could we do a panel? And I said, well, I don't know. They're going to cost us about $3,500, which includes the sidewalk and front and everything. And, you know, if you, you gave us that money, I mean, I think we'd, we'd probably want to tap into your expertise for the pictures. Before they left that day, they had committed to a panel. And our marketing plan had just been established. <laughs> and so now, you know, everyone, uh, many people that I talk to, different organizations. They're all in. And as soon as we get the project approved by the VA, I'm sure that we will not have trouble raising funds for the remainder of those panels. When did this project begin and what are costs and so forth? The total project started, I guess, when we formed the, the Joint Veterans Support Committee for Florida National Cemetery, formed the 501c3. I believe that was in uh, February of 2019. By August 2019, we started a, launched our fundraising campaign for, in general, for the whole thing. And we submitted a packet for the approval of the Gold Star Monument to the VA in February of 2020. June and July, we submitted the same proposal to the VA for the other two monuments, Defenders of Freedom Wall and the Military Honors. This is a phased operation. Where are you and what phase right now? Gold Star has, the concept has been approved, and then the second phase is the final approval of the VA, and that's on the acting undersecretary's desk now for signature. It's passed all the other steps, waiting for his signature, and I just hope not waiting on letting the new undersecretary, when President Biden nominates him and gets approved, I hope he's not waiting for his signature because that could delay our project more. And the other two are still in the conceptual review stages with the VA. I expect Defenders of Freedom Wall to be done pretty quickly, but it's a bureaucracy, and I don't say that in a negative way because it's what makes things good. Their hearts are all in the right place. Each person that's involved in that 
bureaucracy is in, in the right place, but it takes time getting everyone's viewpoints and giving them a cut at it. So that's where we're at. We have the money. We have the money raised for Gold Star. So we're just waiting approval. And uh, when we get the approval, then we're going to launch that. And we're going to have a blowout dedication whenever that happens. How can our listeners learn more about this? To learn more about it, you go to Joint Veterans Support Committee, J-V-S-C. Dot U-S. And it'll have all kinds of information, including videos about our project and the organization and, and how you can contribute. If you're really excited about it, give me a call, 203-856-8663. And I'll be more than happy to talk to you about or an email. dgardner, D-E-A-R-D-N-E-R, at fnet.net. Doug Gardner, we're out of time this week to talk about this Freedom Memorial Plaza. However, we'll have you back next week to talk about the cemetery in general and how one is eligible to be interred there and all the things one would want to know as we come up on this Memorial Day 2021. Thanks for joining us for The Seminole Wars. It's been my pleasure. Anything about The Seminole Wars, I enjoy. Thank you. If you enjoyed this show, please take a moment to like us on Facebook at Seminole Wars Foundation. Leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast provider. Your reviews and comments help new listeners discover us and help us keep this show going. Visit our website at www.seminolewars.us for blogs, articles, news, books, events, membership information, and how to subscribe to this podcast. We'll be back soon with a new episode of the Seminole Wars Podcast. The Seminole Wars Foundation is a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to preservation, education, and publication of Seminole Wars history throughout the state of Florida. This podcast is copyrighted. The Seminole Wars Foundation 2021. All rights reserved. Front bumper music, The Devil's Garden, Roastem, provided by kind permission of Reedy Onman. Back bumper music, Second Seminole Win, by Jed Merrim and Ricky Pittman, courtesy of Ricky Pittman. All rights reserved.